In this episode, we're talking about money. Money, 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 money. Yeah, it's a hot one. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody, this is Nancy May from Doing It Best with Elder Care Success. And this is a wee spring brief. What are spring briefs? Well, spring briefs are short episodes that give you tips, tricks, resources, and ideas to get you through the long spring days, which can sometimes be a bit tough and challenging, even for the strongest of us. So stay tuned and hang tight as we dive into this next spring brief. And yes, there is a better way. Discussions about money can often turn prickly, no matter who you're having the discussion with. However, when it comes to financial discussions, especially about the cost of your parents' care and well-being, these conversations often start out emotionally charged and can wind up as heated disputes with your siblings. Quite often it starts when one sibling who doesn't even have the responsibility of a parent's care raises questions about money. They may even think that they could do a better job than you have. That might be disputed. Or maybe it's true. Sometimes they believe, or at least state, that they could reduce the care costs exponentially by bringing a parent home to live with them. There could be several reasons why a sibling would want to even take this stance, including fear of losing somebody that they love, a parent, or maybe even you. Past power struggles with you, especially if you're the older sibling. Personal interests involving their inheritance or preventing loss, financial loss, I mean. Emotional needs to fix a parent's relationship that went wrong. Hey, if you haven't listened to the episode on betrayal, do listen to that one. They could have a mistrust in you, or maybe it's just the old sibling rivalry that popped up, or maybe it's a power struggle. I guess that's kind of like the same thing, right? But there's often something else that might be hiding behind all those little questions that they have. Here are a few ways to start thinking about this and having a discussion so that it doesn't turn into an us against them or a you against them or you against the world or the world against you. First of all, let's dive into figuring out even what their reasons or questions are. If your parents have legally assigned you and you've accepted the responsibility for making their legal and financial decisions, then it's your responsibility to follow through. Yes, you can assign this role to another person, but your parents put their trust in you. There must have been a reason for that. But no matter how emotionally charged, it's necessary to handle a conversation with intelligence, empathy for your sibling, parents, a little gentle understanding for yourself. Remember, the end goal is to protect your parents' well-being physically, legally, and financially, and quite frankly, your own as well. If your parents are safe and well cared for, You're on solid ground, and there really shouldn't be an issue. Standing on firm ground is one thing. Heading into a battleground is a totally different challenge, and one you want to try and avoid no matter what, even if you've been at each other's throats since you were kids. Start your discussion by trying to understand their reasoning and wanting to take over your parents' care. As I said earlier, the list is long and sometimes more complicated than you might think. The key at this stage is to listen to their thinking, their feelings especially, and any concerns about the situation. Use open-ended questions, and if needed, guide them through further explanation and ask them why they feel this way. Try not to point fingers, because that's just going to stir up the soup and make it hotter than it is. 
Now, I know sometimes this is difficult because it's not something that we actually practice day in and day out. But maybe you want to try practicing that with a spouse or a friend or even an outside counselor first. The idea here is to make sure that you understand their views, you are listening to their opinions, understanding their intentions, and getting at the real reason as to why they want to do this. You'll need all this information for your next step. If their intentions are well-meaning, and most of us are there, because we really do want the best for our parents and those that we love. We're part of that too. If you've been managing mom and dad's care for some time, you already know how exhausting and time-consuming the responsibility can be, even if you're doing it from long distance, and sometimes that can be even more emotionally charged. It's important to explain to them, without whining, how the past week has gone, the months have progressed, and even the years have gone for you and your family members. If there's been an impact on your personal life and career, please share that too. Now, again, don't complain, don't whine. Just help them understand the complexities of what you do and the responsibility that you have accepted, predominantly because your parents asked you to and you agreed. Then listen to how they think about it and ask, so how would you manage this situation? If you want to find ways to divide and share more care responsibilities, you might suggest a trial period that would typically not disrupt your own parents' lives, or hopefully maybe even make yours a little bit better. They might even enjoy spending more time together with your sibling. This could help relieve some of the time and stress and other emotional pressures that you're going through. The new support relationship might actually even bring you closer. If their intentions are ill-willed, and I certainly hope that's not the case, Get some outside support. Get an attorney, a mediator, maybe a neutral friend, not yours, not theirs, but maybe mom and dad's, who understands the situation from their side, yours, and hopefully your parents. Most attorneys are extremely experienced in these matters and will guide you through the actions that are needed, if any, and hopefully, again, that's not the case. However, some attorneys can actually step in to diffuse emotional challenges and even handle the conversation for you. Now, I'm not going to recommend you do that because ideally we want to keep a strong and loving relationship with brothers, sisters, stepsisters, and the like. If you do have somebody step in, share what you might expect so that you don't get them caught off guard by a sibling's reply or rash actions, or maybe even super sweet ones. Those might catch you off guard. Next, revisit your family objectives. If all is working well, your sibling only wants to play a bigger role in helping provide the care for your parents. They don't want to be left out and feel even more regret and loss when that day comes. Then create a plan together where you can share the responsibility. It could be a month on, a month off, just stepping in to help with some bills, additional responsibilities that could be as fun as sending notes to mom or dad that bring them a little bit more joy. You can still be their primary fiduciary as noted. However, sharing the emotional and physical care sometimes can take a lot of that pressure off of you. And more times than not, if your sibling insists on wanting to take over, explain in detail the complexity and responsibility involved in the elder care situation. Now, transferring that responsibility legally will take an outside attorney. So understand that. And I'm going to say, if your parents put you in charge, 
there's got to be a reason for it that you didn't see, and maybe your sibling doesn't even see. Here are some additional points to consider when you are the one in charge and your sibling challenges your actions. First, do not assume what their motives are. You know the old adage about assumption. And if you don't, well, it has something to do with A, S, S, then you. <laughs> That's one from grammar school. This is important. Try to stay calm and composed. And again, listen to any questions. Let them rant and be quiet. I think being quiet is the hardest thing to do in all of this. Watch their reactions during your conversations, if you can do that in person. They may even be driven by their own fears, misunderstanding, just because you haven't explained it to them. Any emotional backlash on your part will add to the anger and defensive situation. Stop. Breathe. Think before replying to their questions. I've got a friend who always says, stop, count to three, maybe five in some cases, and just pause. My father-in-law used to tell my husband, engage brain before opening mouth. That one goes here too. Thank you, Pop. Two, listen and reframe from responding too quickly. That sort of follows in. Then let them express their own concerns and feelings. If tears or emotions start to run high, again, stay calm. Don't roll your eyes. Don't make a face. Don't make a fist, for sure. Remember your goal is to start working towards a positive outcome. It's not to win an argument. Three, prepare and plan for the what-ifs. Now, this one I think is really important because sometimes our head can get way ahead of the game. And if we understand the what-ifs from the left, the right, and the middle, it prepares us for how to behave if, in fact, things get blown out of proportion. Take this time to organize your thoughts and to figure out how the conversation might unfold. You grew up together, so you probably have a pretty good idea of where this conversation is going to go. Make notes of any details that you want to discuss, so it's not all about them, but it's about you and a mutual understanding. Keep the conversation positive, especially if things start getting a little dark. Say, you know what, Johnny? Do you think we can kind of take this back towards the middle a little bit and just sort of start from square one? It's okay to start over again. The key here is that you both want to understand that the goal is to make sure that mom and dad are safe, happy, and well cared for, no matter what. Or decide how many details are needed. Sometimes this might actually be broken out into several conversations just to diffuse the tension. You know, any conversation about money is going to create a lot of anxiety. I don't care whether it's about mom and dad, with a spouse, with your banker, with your accountant, or maybe even with a boss. Your sibling may only want to know what the big picture is, not the nitty-gritty details like how much did the depends cost this week are likely unnecessary. Five, be specific when asking questions. Don't be vague. Don't assume, yeah, there's that word again, that they're going to understand what you want or what you mean or what you're even trying to explain. Consider using the word I to deflect any sensitive questions. Example, I'm not sure I understand exactly what you mean, but maybe we can work together here to try and figure this out. 
Can you help me? Six, ask for support. Now, I've already said bringing in an outside expert can be actually helpful, but sometimes it's not just an attorney. If you're good at this, and I'm presuming you are, you're going to bring in your accountant, your financial advisor, or any other financial support that you've got who understands exactly what you're doing, how expenses are being managed, and the quality of care that's being delivered to your folks. You will still be the one responsible. Yet an outside expert can help you make better decisions when necessary and explain the reasons why you've done what you've done. These external experts, if competent, and I certainly hope they are, can also explain perhaps in a different way how financial care and decisions have been made and why likely you've kept them involved. And if not, now's the time to start. 7. Reiterate to your sibling that your focus and you know that their focus is on the well-being and safety of your parents. Help your sibling understand that that's the goal. And you know it's theirs too. Stress that you both love mom and dad equally. And that you want the best for them. As they did for you over the years when you were kids. Even when things were a little rocky. Because all families go through that. This should be the guiding principles that you both agree on. And then finally. Keep the lines of communication open. Now that you and your siblings are working together for the same outcome, and I hope you were from the beginning, don't shut the door and go back to your old ways. That's real easy to do. Find things to laugh about, remember, and celebrate, especially the parents that loved and protected you for so long, even the days that were a little tough. Concerns about money can bring up a lot of emotions, including anger, fear, frustration, and, yes, remorse. In addressing these concerns now, when those final days come, and they will, you and your siblings will likely be able to come together when needed most, not just for yourselves, but for your parents or for somebody else that you're caring for that you love. This will help you in so many ways for years to come. Trust me on that. That's it for this Spring Short. If you like this show, share a link with your sibling, a friend, or maybe even mom and dad. And especially since we're talking about money, guess what? It's free. It can be your gift to them because it's my gift to you. We'll see you soon. Or as I like to say, we'll hear you soon. Bye-bye. This show is sponsored by Caremanity, the publishers of How to Survive 911 Medical Emergencies, a step-by-step guide before, during, and after. For your own personalized free file of life, go to www.howtosurvive911.com. All trademarks, brands, and comments are not intended to be substitutes for medical, financial, or legal advice. Please consult a medical, legal, or financial professional for issues relevant to your own personal situation. This show is produced by Caremanity LLC. All rights reserved. Caremanity LLC. 